Yeah, but they had a trapped already. I have had occasions where, like, in my house, I've opened up, like, a cupboard or, like, something, and there's, like, a spider will be like, hey, and I just close the <laughs> cupboard and pretend it wasn't in there. <laughs> a friend of mine was telling a story about staying in Thailand in this little hut. No. <clears throat> and... And looking around in the kitchen <laughs> and um, they're like opening things up and they like opened it up and there was like a little dead spider in one of the cupboards, but it was like, eh, but like, like, yeah, like that big, like just what's that? Like an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good visual. <laughs> yeah. And then opening up another cupboard and there was like a little bit of a bigger spider, just dead kind of thing again, like probably about the size of your palm of your hand and then opening up a third thing and just seeing like this giant spider just sitting there staring at them, just closing the cupboard again. Like the it's spider like, closed the cupboard? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> Kindly fuck off. I've never killed a spider. I have screamed and other people have probably killed spiders as a result, but I've never done it. Yeah. I'm like, take it outside. <laughs> Away with it. Oh, I don't like them. Uh, Happy birthday. <laughs> third and final birthday. It almost. is almost the third and final We're birthday. Okay, let me finish my hello. Uh, <laughs> hello, you're listening to the Odd Sisters podcast. I'm Marcy. <laughs> I'm Allison. I'm Julia. I was talking to Julia on the phone. That dead rat. Yeah. <laughs> There's a dead rat on a street by my house. It got hit or killed or something. So it was there. I was walking home one night and I looked down at the ground and it was just there on the sidewalk. And I stopped. I seized up. I was like, <gasps> gross, gross dead rat. This guy's walking towards me. And he stopped. And he goes, are you okay? And I was like, there's a dead rat. And he also looks down and goes, yuck. And then just kept walking. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm handling this very poorly. And then the next day I saw it again and I went like way around it. And then the next day I saw it, but I was talking to Julia on the phone and it was just the skin of yeah. the rat. And then I went to go walk around it and the skeleton in like tact yeah. was on the road, the full thing. And I was like, why do I think that's cool? <laughs> like, suddenly I was like, oh, neat. It's but the it was insides like, that count. When it's running, <laughs> when it was dead. Like, I was like fully terrified of every part of it. And then as soon as that skeleton was on the ground, I just went like, it was like a I complete think we need a better shift. description of the phone call. It went something like, oh my God, this rat has no skin. And I went, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, it's just bones. It's just like a bone. It was just like, meh. Like, yeah. but like the full like, skeleton. Yeah. And then I'll I was like, out. why do I want to take it? <laughs> like, it was, it was just like that gothy kind of like, now it's bones. And I was like, cool. Cool, man. <laughs> now it can't hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The, those things get eaten really. Yeah. Oh, fast. But still, when I was like, and... ew, the skin. And then I was like, oh, neat bones. <laughs> like there was some weird shift in my brain where it just became okay. I'd be concerned if you wanted to take rat skin home. The skin? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's disgusting. Ew, fuck rats. Oh, They're so gross. They're clean, though. Uh, they're pretty clean. Then how did they spread the plague, Julia? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the fleas on the rats. Didn't they, like... 
Was this like the, the, the woman who on swallowed? The rats on the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the seat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I don't know why the rats are on the bottom <laughs> of the seat. If they're seat. clean, why do they have fleas? Underwater rats. <laughs> Everything Quote back rats. then was disgusting, though. I think it's... Anyway, let's continue. People threw sewage, like their human waste out the windows of their houses onto the street. And then drank the water. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm reading a book about that right now. I'm reading a book about the cholera up- outbreak that yep. caused the London sewage system to become uh, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. I don't hear about that in like Jane Austen novels, eh? No, there's... You should bring that out. <laughs> People don't mention going to the bathroom and things, surprisingly. You'd think about it, like... <laughs> like, they were so about, casual like, about you know, it. Like, the entire of, like... When you're tossing it out the window, you feel like you could talk about it. Like, it's just like, what were you doing? We don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say anything. What are we talking about today? Shit. We're talking about shit. (laughs) This is the shit talking podcast. Stop it. What? 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 But it is. It's like, and then you get to like, well, we're going to talk about people traveling on boats. A lot about people traveling on boats. And yeah, there's no like bathroom on a boat. It's really gross. Yeah. They're just like, just also no oranges. There's also no oranges. (laughs) Yeah. So nothing to cover up the smell. No citrus. <laughs> <laughs> no citrus smells. To... Why do we bring history to you? <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're like, <laughs> just like, I don't know what you would do. Crush the orange. <laughs> yeah. Start peeling it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. So. As mentioned on our last week mm. episode, uh, in 1492, Christopher Columbus, Columbus sailed the ocean blue yeah, and discovered the Bahamas, or as Columbus claimed in a 1502 letter written to Pope Alexander VI, the east coast of Asia. Bang on. <laughs> the trials continue. It's Rodrigo. Yeah, I was going to say, I know who that is. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Rodrigo. He also did uh, as like a sidebar. So he was, he's the, uh, the Spanish Pope. He's one of the first like Spanish people to become the Pope, which was like a huge deal. It's also probably why people really didn't like him. Uh, but when it came <laughs> to mean, uh, the, the discovery, corruption, but... yes, that too. Uh, when it came to the discovery of like the new world, it was Spain and Portugal were like the two countries that were like really like going for it and like wanting to like set up settlements and so they came to rodrigo pope alexander the sixth and were like mm-hmm. you decide which of us well, you decide which of us is supposed to have control of this and he did this like kind of he was like okay so we're gonna draw this line on the map and everything on this side belongs to portugal and everything <laughs> like on this side apartment? yeah belongs to spain and <laughs> well, he I've like the bathroom <laughs> very clearly like gave spain the majority of south america and gave like portugal like 25 percent of it it was like this is fair that's really interesting yes is this this jeremy irons pope yes Mm -hmm. okay you gotta talk on my level (laughs) (laughs) jeremy irons pope i like that anyway so uh yeah so um (laughs) christopher columbus discovered uh the bahamas slash east coast of asia um and spain and portugal were immediately interested in exploring these new lands like I said, mm-hmm. but eventually as they're like sailing out, discovering more things, more people are going out there. They're like, Hey, this might not be China. Um, sorry, but there's no way that this land that we're discovering and finding could is, can be really big. Maybe like the size of Europe, definitely not bigger than like, you know, 
Europe and Africa, all mm-hmm. that stuff. There's no way. There's yeah. no way that there is a land <laughs> at least the size of Africa just hanging out here and we had yeah. no idea it existed. That would be impossible. No. So it sounds very unlikely to me. Yeah. Super <laughs> unlikely. So there has to be a way that you can kind of like bypass this new land that we found. And I bet like China's just like on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. We just have to get over there. Yeah. So optimistic. Very optimistic. <laughs> so... At least they Spain, didn't up. <laughs> well, Spain and Portugal are like super focused on sailing south. They're like really following Christopher Columbus's route, going to the Bahamas, kind of around Mexico, down around South America. Um, uh, another European monarch named Henry VII of England was like, hmm, I wonder what's to the north of this new land. I bet if I got a guy to sail north, he would find a route to Asia. Hey, royal council people, find me a guy who will sail north. And they're so obsessed with Asia because of the trades? Because of the trades. Okay. They want the stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. They want the spices and the Silk Road and the porcelain. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, So that guy was the Venetian merchant slash some guy that was fleeing his debts and ended up in England named Zuan Chaboto, or as the British called him, John Cabot. Kind of a bit of a downgrade on the name. (laughs) (laughs) You're John Cabot now. You're John Cabot now. (laughs) Cabot. Uh, so he set sail from Bristol in 1497. It's only five years since Columbus's first voyage. Um, and Columbus is still like, he did, I think, four or five voyages. Yeah, he went back world. and then he came back. We yeah. talked about it a little bit. So this guy's going out at kind of at that same time. Okay. So he sail, set sail. He's like, I am going to find a Western route to Asia. Uh, it's just over here, you know, Columbus is going south. I'm going to go north. I'm going to bypass all this crap that he keeps running into <laughs> and find China. Uh, but he didn't. Uh, so he sailed by Greenland and then he ended up at the East Coast of North America, specifically the coast of Newfoundland, uh, which made him the first European to sail around Newfoundland since the Vikings, who are mm. probably the first Europeans that ever came over here. Mm. Um, so <laughs> he... Um, Sailed around the coast of Newfoundland, and then he went back to England, and he told Henry VII that he found, quote, no great state or government, no cities, seaports, no spices, and silks for barter, or in a word, no Asia. Hmm. And Henry was like, oh, that's a fucking bummer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. So he's kind of like... There's nothing there. He's like, there's nothing there. There's nothing out there at all. And that's 1497. That's pretty recent in... Thanks. But do you know what the population of like Newfoundland and stuff was? Like there was the... indigenous people out there. Um, so Cabot, when he was in Venice, he was a merchant, and they think there's not a lot known about him specifically. But he was involved in like trade along the Mediterranean. So the whole thing with the Silk Roads and the stuff going to like uh, Constantinople and then coming into Europe, they think he was one of the people who like when it came through what was the Turkish Empire, it ended up on his boat. So he might have had more of an understanding of like where the stuff is coming from and who Mm -hmm. was bringing it over. So when he went to North America, he was like, absolutely not. This is not China. No. Like 100% no. And he might have seen indigenous people out there, but he was like, they're not, they're not Chinese people. They're not Indian people. They're not Mm -hmm. Japanese people. Like there's no trade here. Yeah. So it's nice that he just kind of left though. Yeah. He just kind of bailed. He wasn't like, I get to govern whatever I see. (laughs) You're slaves now. (laughs) 
<laughs> he just left. Uh, but not everyone in... I picture um, just him like like the Homer kind of gift, just like backing into yeah. the bushes. <laughs> so just like, no. my mistake. Yeah. Uh, not everyone in the rest of Europe got this this memo because in 1500... <laughs> the rest of, I heard rusty. <laughs> the, rest, the rest of Europe. Uh, in 1500, like a, a Portuguese explorer named Gaspar, Gaspar Corte Real was sailing northwest and he saw something in the distance. Uh, what he saw was the east coast of greenland which cabot had already sailed past uh but he was thought it was china <laughs> and he immediately just turned his boat around he didn't sail up to the shore or anything he just saw this land and went it's china and he sailed back to portugal and was like guys i did it i found it um so then wow. the next year him and his brother got sent back like the portuguese government funded an expedition um so the there was the two of them uh the captain of like two ships and then they had like a third ship with them and they went to sail back to where he was pretty sure he saw China. Um, <laughs> I'm like 98 percent sure, guys. <laughs> but there was just too keeps much, going down. <laughs> yeah, there was too much ice around Greenland, so they couldn't get up there. So instead, they went south and they sailed around Newfoundland and Labrador, and then they found some indigenous people, and they were like, "Oh, let's kidnap these guys." Yeah. So <laughs> they went ashore and grabbed all these guys and put them on their boats, and then Gaspar turned to his brother. Or maybe like yelled across the ocean to him on the other boat and was like, hey, dude, I think you and the other boat should sail back to Portugal with these new slaves we just picked up. I'm going to keep sailing south and see what's down here. Um, So the other two boats turned back and went back to Portugal and Gaspar was never seen again. And then the following year in 1502, Miguel was like, I got to go find my brother. He's I know where he was. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find him. And then Miguel disappeared. A solid like year. (laughs) He disappeared too? He disappeared too. So both of those guys are gone. <laughs> oh. Wow. I wonder where they disappeared. Karma. Off the coast. Of, they're like probably the Titanic area. Probably. There's a lot of shipwrecks there. So then this crazy, crazy thing happened. And that really changed the way Europeans saw the world. Sort of. Um, this Portuguese explorer named Ferdinand Ma- uh, Magellan was Whoa. commissioned by Spain. What do I look like? Magellan? <laughs> he was commissioned by Spain to uh, sail south and find a route to the East Indies. Um, so he left Spain on September 20th, 1519. He had uh, five ships and 270 men with him. Whoa. So people, again, like they have no idea what North America looks like. So the entire idea of this voyage was they were like, Columbus kind of came across the Atlantic. He hit this jumble of islands and stuff like that. Um, but he, if he only, if Christopher Columbus had only just sailed a bit more, he would have found this like channel or this passage or this waterway that would take him through what was South America that they found and then they'll pop out the other end and then Asia is going to be right there. He just didn't go far enough. So this guy was like, I'm going to be the one that goes far enough and figures this out. Like how big can South America be? It can't be that big. Right. Um, so he uh-huh. <laughs> set sail. Um, his crew reached uh, Rio de Janeiro on December 13th, 1519. And they started to sail all along the coast of South America looking for a waterway that would take him through <laughs> to the other side. Um, but by March 1520, uh, they reached what is now Puerto St. Julian. That could be pronounced differently. Um, and there oh, was yeah. really bad weather. So it's like this natural kind of like harbor. So they ended up having to anchor their ships there and wait for better weather because they couldn't sail anyway because the mm. weather was just terrible. Um, and they had to wait there for a very long time. Oh, wow. A very long time. And there's and, nothing there. Uh, there's nothing really okay. there. Um, they're, they're, some of the crew tried to mutiny. They <laughs> stopped the mutiny. 
they punished all these guys that tried to mutiny. One ship uh, sailed out and was like, I'm going to see if the weather is good. And it sunk. And <laughs> Not they're good. And they're waiting. And then this finally. like a Monty Python yeah. bit. <laughs> the ship just yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, finally, in October 1520. So they anchored there in March. It's now October. It was finally okay for them to set oh sail. God. And on October 21st, they found this channel that they started sailing through. Um, except for one ship that as soon as I guess the Magellan ship went through, they were like, fuck this. And they turned around and went back to Spain. Um, they ended up popping through the other side <laughs> on March 28th, 1520. And they popped through the other side and went, holy fuck, there's a whole other ocean over here that they had no idea ex- existed, which is the Pacific Ocean. No idea. They had not a clue. How could they even tell it was a different... Well, because they just ended up in, like, open water. (laughs) They were just like, uh, (laughs) there's nothing here. And, like, they basically, so they ended up sailing up past, like, so where they came down, I can show you two on a map later, but um, South America is, like, a little, like, it's big at the top, and then it gets down really narrow. At the narrow bit at the bottom, there's a strait, which is now called the Magellan Strait. Mm -hmm. That's -hmm. where they sailed through. So they basically sailed from Rio all the way down the coast basically to the bottom of south america then zipped through and then ended well, up we were right he where, didn't go far <laughs> <south>. <laughs> ended up in the pacific ocean and there's nothing there except you just go back up the coast of south america just on the other side hawaii's there like it's just the little like the pacific yeah. islands right so they yeah. were just in open ocean which must have been like really jarring to be <laughs> so yeah. like uh, also, they were there for how many months? And they don't they probably left, are through all of their rations. They and left, yeah. They left Spain in September 1519. And now it's November 1520. So it's been over a year. Yeah. And they're now just in open ocean. They've lost half their ships. So they ended up fine sailing. Uh, they sailed kind of back up north. They got to Guam on March 6, 1521. And then uh, they ended up in the Philippines. And they started converting everyone in the Philippines to Christianity until on April 27th, 1521, Magellan attempted to forcibly conquer the Lapu-Lapu people of the Philippines. And they were not down with that, so they speared him to death on a beach. (laughs) And and then their remaining crew fled. Uh, They all ran back to their one ship that was still working and um, went back to Europe. There was 19 people. So he started with 270 men. Oh my God. 19 people made it back to Spain when they got there on September 6, 1522. But uh, silver lining, those were the first dudes to circumnavigate the globe. Wow. <laughs> those 19 guys. <laughs> That's a made small group. <laughs> so now they kind of have an understanding. And they're one like, ship. okay. And they have one like ship. four? Five. Five. <laughs> they lost four. one sunk. One went back to Europe. The other two, <laughs> I, I guess, that just one broke. I would love to be on that ship. Like, the general vibe yeah. of that one. We're just like, we'll just let him go through first, and then, and then we're just going to get the fuck out of here. Um, so now they have this understanding where they're like, okay, there's Europe, and then it goes into, like, the Middle East, and then uh, Russia's over there, India, China are over here. We know Africa's over here, and, like, the East yeah. Indies and stuff are, like, over here. But they thought it was just kind of like, like, the world was round, and I guess they thought there was just, like, one ocean. Yeah. Because that was Christopher Columbus's whole idea, right? Like, yeah. I just sail around, and they'll get there. So now they realize there's land in the way, and now they're kind of like, okay, so now there's land in the way, and then there's another ocean, but then there's the Philippines. So they're, like, slowly starting yeah. to piece everything together. They had a Pangea-esque theory of things before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Before knowing what that was. Yeah. So meanwhile, King Francois I of France is sitting on his throne. 
And he's like, well, Spain seems super keen on finding a shorter route to Asia by sailing south. But, you know, I think Henry VII was probably onto something with the whole sailing north idea. So I'm going to get my own sailor explorer and send him north. And this was a guy, an Italian named Giovanni de Verrazzano. Ooh. So France sent him out. He sailed. Uh, France sent an Italian. Yep. <laughs> he sailed down. He left France. <laughs> like, we're not going to send a, a French, French person. person. No. <laughs> There was a lot of Italian, Spanish, Portuguese explorers. They weren't like specifically hiring people from their own countries, I guess, for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so he left. Sense of adventure. I feel like French people were way too smart to like do that at that time. <laughs> boat. They're like I'm just gonna stay here. Yeah, <laughs> I got my cheese. Uh, so <laughs> That's some other stereotypes. <laughs> Verrazano reached uh, the coast of Florida on March in March 1524. Then he sailed north all along up the coast, up to New York, around Long Island, up to Maine, then to Nova Scotia, then Newfoundland, and then back to France. Um, and technically, the land he discovered was very similar to the land that Cabot had sailed around mm-hmm. in 1497. But unlike Cabot, who returned to England and was like, there's no Asia out there, Verrazano returned to France and was like, I think I saw some channels and straits out there that I think might be the Northwest Passage. You better send me back out there. I'm going to sail up them and find the route. Mm-hmm. So um, at this time, um, Henry the Seventh, who originally sent the Cabot out there, he's dead. Uh, and his son, Henry VIII, has made no attempts to send out explorers. Why? Or, what was he doing? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> set up colonies. Jousting. Because yeah. it's uh, 1520, 1520s, which means he's at this point trying to uh, the establish the Church of England and divorce oh. Catherine of Aragon. So I thought it was the roaring, yeah, the roaring 1520s. The roaring 1520s of England was. <laughs> he's just like no religion. dancing the Charlton. <laughs> yeah. With his leg. With his leg. He's not, he doesn't have a gout leg yet. He's still pretty young. Was it gout or was it just like festering wound? But leg. <laughs> so really attractive mixture of both, I'm sure. Um, but what's so, like we talked about before. <laughs> so yeah, Cabot found all these things and then uh, he went back and Henry VII was like, oh, there's nothing out there, so I don't want it. And Henry VIII was also like, I don't want it either. I just want Anne Boleyn. So uh, <laughs> France is like, okay, we're going to go it take... definitely puts things in perspective. It's like where his priorities were. <laughs> uh, Verrazano yeah. gets sent out again in 1528. He's going to claim land for France and he's going to find the Northwest Passage. And then he disappears. Oh. <laughs> and then he's gone uh so uh france was not deterred about this they just went and found oh. another explorer they were like oh shit <laughs> okay hundreds so of these. <laughs> on july 24th 1534 jacques Cartier planted a 10 meter cross yep. in the ground of what would become gaspe bay and officially claimed the land that would become canada for france there you go um so Cartier- that cross is still there isn't it yeah, probably. Well, maybe not that one, but they have a cross <laughs> where he planted yeah, it. I think yeah. so. It said, um, I was, this isn't in my notes, so I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but he encountered a bunch of uh, Iroquois when he got off his ship and they kind of came up to him and they were having like some conversations and they were kind of like, whoa, new people. And they were like, whoa, indigenous people in so many words. And uh, the indigenous people were kind of like, yeah, like, do you want to like trade with us? You want to get this? Like, they were kind of like fine with them technically and then as soon as Caltier put the cross in the ground i think the wikipedia page said that the iroquois seemed to understand and it greatly changed the way that they looked at the frenchman uh-huh. <laughs> i was like that must have been so weird this is mine and they were just like what the fuck are you doing what do you think this is bro like we live here yeah no don't what? just put no your it's shit. mine now don't just put no, your shit in mine. our land <laughs> 
imagine walking into somebody's house? <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> Sit down on the couch. Yeah, I like this. Put up a 10 meter cross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> um, so Keltier was sent to the New World, quote, uh, to discover certain islands and lands where it is said that a great quantity of gold and other precious things are to be found, but also to find the Northwest okay, Passage. Okay, but like, who started that rumor? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, why does there not need to be gold there all of a sudden? <laughs> who knows? I mean, there's no one has said there isn't gold there. <laughs> yes, yeah. There hasn't been, like... <laughs> like, uh... Sure. Gold um, is just like a trigger word for a lot of people, I think. Like, there doesn't really have to be much of proof or explanation. Um, I read this book about the uh, conquistadors going to Spain, and uh, Spain loved gold. They really wanted gold, but the Aztecs didn't think of gold as a precious metal. They were super into jade. And um, part of their culture was when you wanted to show someone that you were like, you do not want to fuck with me, you would send them gifts to be like, look at all this crap I have. Mm -hmm. I can just give you this jade and this gold. And I think peacock feathers were a really big thing. I can give you all these things that are quote unquote precious to us. I don't even us, care. And I don't even care. That's it how like powerful I am. And so when they heard that the conquistadors were coming, the... Um, people in mexico city i can't remember the king's name right now he was like sending out people and being like give them this stuff like make them go away we don't really want to fight them but they just <laughs> handed gold to cortez and he was like i want more of that gold so he just kept going I've seen Rotel Dorado, towards yes. them. and it's just such a weird like <laughs> cultural thing but yes and thank then, you i will take this yeah gold. and then the aztecs were like oh my god they're not scared like what the fuck is happening and they just kept being like yeah we want gold we want gold and the aztecs were like we will give you all the gold just please turn around just and he was off. like no nah, i need more of that gold that's crazy yes. yeah <laughs> yes yes i know this yes. <laughs> i've seen the movies <laughs> um so anyway, uh, Keltier was convinced that uh, the Northwest Passage was uh, this river that is in Canada called the St. Lawrence River. Mm -hmm. um, he was like, I, all river. I have to do is sail down the St. Lawrence River, and then I'm going to pop out into the Pacific Ocean, and mm -hmm. then Asia's going to be right there. Like, that's what Magellan did. That's, yeah. that, this is all I have to do. Um, but unfortunately for Keltier, halfway down the St. Lawrence River, is this massive series of rapids. They're three miles long and they were impossible to sail through. He could not sail through to the point where like the best way I think to sail through them was to go by canoe. But even like fur traders and stuff like that would prefer to get out of their boat and then carry their canoe on their back nine miles and then get back in the water and then sail through the rapids. Whoa. Like they're just insane. And he's in a big ship? He's in a big ship. How did he stop? I don't understand ships. Brakes. <laughs> <laughs> They unfurl the flags. Yeah. Sails. Flags. <laughs> anyway, there's a flag out there for sure. Um, so he couldn't sail past them. Uh, but he was so certain that, uh, that the river was the Northwest Passage and that the rapids were the only thing preventing him from sailing to China that he named the rapids after the French word for China, which is what they're still called today. They're called the, La the Lachine Rapids for China. Hmm. Oh. The China Rapids. Yeah. And the town that's right by them is also called Lachine, Quebec or whatever. He was like, China, China Quebec. Just, just over here. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's right there. <laughs> that's interesting. Okay. So if it's not totally obvious by this point, people have no idea what North America looks like. Yeah. Even like there's people on the ground. I was um, getting that. <laughs> which is, it's an interesting thing to think about. And obviously like planes aren't a thing. Satellites aren't a thing. People are mapping out what they're seeing, but they're only mapping out what they're seeing from the shoreline. So there's like... They have no concept of How big the size yeah. of anything. So I have some maps that I'm going to 
post on our Ooh. social medias. And I'm going to show it to Marcy and Julia right now. Um, the first one is from... I do love a map. Uh, 1545. So just a couple of years after uh, Keltier ended up in uh, <laughs> Quebec. Um, and this is showing North America. So the top part is Canada, and then it goes into kind of what they thought the U.S. was. You can see <laughs> Florida sticking out there. There's a mark that says Cuba. You can see South America. The Magellan Strait is on the bottom. And then um, right off the coast of what is Canada and America is an island that is what they think Japan is. And <laughs> you can see something on the map that says India, uh, just for where they thought everything was, which is that one. <laughs> oh my goodness um so you can really see like when you look at it how <laughs> they greatly misunderstood the size of north america yeah. and what oh, like wow. they have no idea what they they're looking no at idea. yeah like there's a couple spots missing i think it's like someone <laughs> took a bite out of it <laughs> yeah but also, this is at this point, um, eventually Spain is going to send explorers that go like around South America and then up and then they find California it's great and they ship, get though. to the waste, we- the waste coast, <laughs> the West coast. Hey. I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> but until then, they're just hitting the East coast. And like the idea of it being like stretching as, as, as is, far yeah. is like just not there. I not mean, could not there. compute. You would never Does be able to imagine. Florida? I think so. <laughs> Um, I went to a monastery in California that um, a couple of monks came over on that expedition and they left them there when they yeah. discovered California and that monastery is still there. Yeah. It's right on the coast and there's a cemetery there and it's like the original monks graves and they're like from like 1590, something. Wow. like it was from that expedition where they discovered California and then yeah. they just stayed there. It's the coolest thing ever. Wow. So there's another one that's from a later, I think it's now we're in 1560s. Um, and it has more detail in it. You can see they've discovered more of what's going on, but it's still, yeah. when you look at Canada, the idea like Canada kind of has like where Quebec and Newfoundland Labrador, yeah. it kind of looks like, like the head of an animal kind of a thing. Yeah. Like it kind of comes out and then there's a bunch I of islands. They haven't got to that point yeah. yet of understanding the shape of it. Um, oh yeah. They just kind of are like, there's a big land mass, but you can also see on the the second map, that there's kind of like an ocean above Canada. Yeah. yeah. That they're like, we think there's something <laughs> over here. I'm assuming water. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, the rest of it is mostly water. It's a safe assumption. Um, so then this, that one, the second one is from, I just want to get the date. Yeah, 1566. And then in 1569, uh, this other guy made a map. Um it shows uh, a long, narrow passage extending north of America, an, east, an eastern entrance that lies between Greenland um, and basically Canada. A western entrance is the Polar Sea, north of the passage between Asia and America. The passage is not named, uh, but they thought it was called the Strait of uh, Onion, which is kind of like the Northwest Passage. Um, this guy's map is like, it's a really big picture. Um, let's see if it'll load. Hold on. Open link. Um, but uh, there's one. So they're going north through Greenland. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to zoom in on the Canada part for you too <laughs> to see. So that's the 1569 one. And again, it's like oh, Canada's yeah. kind of like this big mass that you can see Greenland. And then there's just like this ocean. But they haven't figured out like the islands and stuff that yeah. are above there. Yeah. It would have been so weird to look at that. Dang it. <laughs> 
Why do you suck? <laughs> Did it close the link? No. She just hit the home button. Well, I figured it out, guys. Don't worry. She doesn't have a home button. Okay, I'm zooming in. Where were we? Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Um, but he, there's a, a GIF on there that I might see if I can save it and put it up to that shows that he kind of mapped out, apart from a not understanding, like the shape of Canada, really. He got mm-hmm. a lot of it right, but the sizes of things aren't accurate like greenland is way bigger than it is on his Mm -hmm. map um and there's like a little gif that shows you like it's like just the the land's like shrinking and growing to show you like this is what how he (laughs) thought it was yeah (laughs) she's team peanut butter (laughs) sorry (laughs) what gif peanut butter yes yeah um shut up (laughs) you should say ish yeah shut up yeah shut up okay oh yeah okay i see we were told not to tell each other to shut That's interesting. <laughs> That's really interesting. So, yeah, people are starting to piece things together, but they're still not. They still 100% don't understand, like, there. the mass of what's going on. Yeah. They're like, this is here, and this, they don't realize, oh, fuck, it's massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's a little bit off, but. But also, like, but they're just sailing like around, place. and, like, yeah. <laughs> he's so close, little noodle. Yeah, they really... Um, and there's a... The website I use for a lot of this is... I think, Can- Canada... No. Canada, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot bigger. Um, just, and a lot, like, missing. Like Yeah. So, uh, based off of this kind of idea, so these are all the maps that are floating around, and they all have this, like... It's like Canada is, like... It just kind of looks like a weird, like, oblong oval kind of mm-hmm. shape. Um, and so they're kind of like, all these people are looking at these maps because that's their only source that they have. And they're like, look at this map. I could just sail over yeah. here. And then Asia's like right there. Like, I can just do that. So now people are like really going in to this whole Northwest Passage thing. Mm. Um, so we're going to quickly run through some people that tried to find this Northwest oh, Passage nice. based on these maps. Love um, so the first guy is uh, Martin Frobisher. Um, he is a British explorer. You don't say. Um, he was born circa 1535. Um, and he ha- he was part of some ex- uh, sailing voyages. He went to Africa twice hmm. um, in 1553 and 1554. Uh, and then in from 1560-ish, um, he decided he was going to find the Northwest Passage, okay. I guess, based on these maps. But he needed some more experience at sea because he was pretty... Like, he became a cabin boy when he was like nine or ten ish and then his africa expeditions he was like 20 something so he needs to get some experience so he became a privateer which is what british people did um and he (laughs) married this uh woman who had a quote a substantial settlement from her previous marriage Hmm. and then he used her money to buy his own ship and then he was arrested by the british government (laughs) he was then arrested by the british government for quote having fitted out a vessel as a pirate so (laughs) Even, like, his own country is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, and then he met this wealthy English merchant named Michael Locke, and he told Michael Locke that he was going to be the guy that found the Northwest Passage, and Locke was like, yeah, you are, bro, and I'm going to be the guy who pays for your entire expedition. Wow. So You're the Locke, I'm the key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He uh, left Sorry. England. <laughs> you have to apologize. <laughs> on July 11th, 1576, his fleet sailed past Greenland, which they believe to be a called a mythical island called Friesland. 
I don't know what that is. Nothing but fries. <laughs> uh, they kept sailing, and then they reached the Davis Strait, which is in northern Canada. Uh, one of their ships sunk in a violent storm, and the other ship was like, "This, we're all going to die, and it went back, back to England. Uh, but for sure, Never kept sailing. Never that move. <laughs> it's always great. Well, I mean, you can't the stop thing is, them. You're like, you're yeah. like they're, you're the lead of this expedition, Michael Frobisher, Frobisher. But he's on one boat, and he's the captain of that boat. And that boat, obviously, unless they mutiny and kill him, they're doing whatever he wants. But the other two boats have other captains. And if yeah, those captains are like, guys, sane. we're just going home. They're like, yeah, all yeah. right. <laughs> we go home now. Um, so eventually they ended up at the southernmost tip of Baffin Island. Oh. Frobisher found a strait uh, that he decided was the Northwest Passage, and he named it Frobisher Strait. Mm-hmm. Quote, Pretty about 250 kilometers to the west of Frobisher's first landfall, Frobisher Strait narrowed into a maze of islands separated by narrow channels swirling with ti- and swirling with tidal currents. And Frobisher was like, oh, shit, maybe this isn't the Northwest Passage. Uh, but that's when Frobisher encountered the Inuit, which was like the first time anyone was like, mm. oh, hi, people living up here. Um, quote, over the next days, the two groups, uh, cautiously traded with one another, sometimes ashore and sometimes ab- aboard the Gabriel, which was the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Inuit appeared familiar with the, sh- uh, with ships such as this, and they tra- uh, tried European food, drank wine and competed with the mariners in acrobatics on the roped or, uh, <laughs> ropes of the ship's rigging. So it sounds like fun is happening. Oh, They're kind of yeah. getting along. Um, so since they were all like having a good time, Frobisher approached one of the Inuit men and was like, hey, man, so we're looking for this like route to Asia. And I think that maybe it's nearby, but we've never been here before and you live here. So I'm thinking you must know where the route to Asia is. So Do you you're, ta- think you're you coming could? with me, whether <laughs> like, you like it or not. <laughs> Do you think you could like take some of my men down the strait so we can find the route to China? And the Inuit guy was like, uh, sure. I mean, we don't speak the same language, so there's a chance that I have no idea what you just said. But yes, yes to whatever you just said. Yeah, I think it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. So five of Frobisher's men got into a rowboat, and the Inuit guy got into his canoe, and he starts paddling down the strait, and the guys are following him in their rowboat. But for some weird reason, instead of taking the men to China, they just rode to where the Inuit village was, and then neither, none of the men or the ship was ever seen again. <laughs> they just went away. He's like, this is better um, than probably dying at sea. <laughs> so no one really knows what happened to these guys. Um, but this is from the Canadian Museum of History website which I used for this, uh, quote, uh, the English assumed that their sailors had been captured and probably murdered by the Inuit. But Inuit history passed from generation to generation across the centuries tells oh, a much different story. The Frobisher expedition is well remembered in the, lo- the oral history of the Baffin Island Inuit. And one of the stories tells of five sailors who were marooned in Baffin Bay and cared for by the Inuit. Yeah. So they probably just lived there yeah, for a like, while. Hey, you're not going home. <laughs> Yeah, but also we'll like, could here. you imagine like being like, "Hey, man, you want to take them to China?" And him being like, "Yeah, okay." And then you're just like, "And now we live in this Inuit village." <laughs> <laughs> Is this China? <laughs> I don't think we're ever gonna make it to China, guys. <laughs> uh, so Frobisher went back to England. Let's just stay here. And uh, Queen Elizabeth the first was like so stoked about his whole expedition. So she saw him, and he brought back this piece of ore, which is like a big rock with shiny little bits in it. Um, and before he went to see Elizabeth, he had gone to an Italian alchemist who was like, dude, this contains gold. So he showed up with 
like an audience with the queen and was like, I didn't find the Northwest Passage, (laughs) but I found gold and gave her this big thing of ore. Uh, I just imagine them like those like long dinner table kind of banquet things and just like (laughs) throwing down the giant rock. So uh, he ended up getting sent out to uh, Baffin Island two more times. Robin Hood Meditate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a wild pig. This is a wild ore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Great. Um, so he, <laughs> he leaned forward. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, just sit next to you on the couch. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> so he went back to Baffin Island twice, once in 1577 and again in 1578, specifically to find more ore. Um, more ore. But that was a total waste of time because when he brought it back to England and it was all sent to like a smelting plant uh they found out that it didn't contain any gold it was full of iron pyrite which is fool's gold gold. so (laughs) fucking waste of time anyway (laughs) as a result michael dragging that fucking rock all over (laughs) england he brought 200 200 tons of ore back and it was all full of iron pyrite yeesh Oof. Uh, so Michael Locke and the company that he had formed to back Frobisher's adventures went bankrupt. Well, yeah. uh, Locke ended up in a debtor's prison. Uh, Frobisher's wife, who had been his other source of income, died in a poorhouse in 1588. So I guess he took all her money and then was like, bye. Bye. Uh, and um, Frobisher continued to sail because he was a sailor. And at this time, England was at war with Spain and there was lots of naval battles. So he was a part of a bunch of those. Uh, until on November 22nd, 1594, when he died, um, he was in a battle and he got shot in the leg. And the surgeon who removed the bullet from his leg, quote, left wadding behind, which caused an infection. And then he died from that. Yeah. So, oh, man. Left wadding behind. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to think about it. <laughs> well, really, I, but... <laughs> I have everything I came in with. <laughs> so... Then <laughs> our next explorer that tried to find the Northwest Passage is a guy you might you may have heard you might his have name heard of him before. It's uh, Henry Hudson. Mm. So uh, he in 1609 was t- chosen by the Dutch East India Company. Nothing's named after him, right? No, no nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Uh, he was hired by the Dutch East India Company, which was their head base was in Amsterdam. He's English, but this company's Dutch. Uh, they wanted him to find an eastern route to the East Indies. So this idea was that they were going to send him that he could sail from Amsterdam up over Eastern Europe, over the top of Russia, and then down to Asia. Right. Um, So he went out, he left Amsterdam on April 4th, 1609. (laughs) And uh, his his ship is called the Helvmeen. I'm sorry, I don't Dutch. I think that's what it's called. Uh, but they couldn't get around Russia because the ice was impenetrable. So most people would probably sail back to Amsterdam. Like we couldn't, you just couldn't get there. There's too much ice. But Hudson had heard rumors of the Northwest Passage to Asia, and he was like, "Well, I already have this boat <laughs> and a crew and lots that. of supplies." <laughs> so instead of going back to Amsterdam, he just sailed right by Amsterdam and ended up in Canada. Nice, which is cool. Uh, so he reached the coast of Newfoundland on July 2nd. Then he the sailed idea down. Of going to Canada to escape the ice. 
right? <laughs> then he sailed down to Nova Scotia, uh, and here he encountered the Micmac people that were living there. Uh, mm-hmm. And at this point, they were really used to trading with the French because the French are still like sailing mm-hmm. back and forth. Kelties claimed it. They're like, this is ours. We trade with you people now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they just like walked up to the health me in. And we're like, what up, guys? Would you like to trade with us? You white people love beaver pelts, right? Would you like some beaver pelts? Uh, but Hudson and his crew were not as cool as the French. And so instead of trading with the Micmac, 12 dudes uh, with a cannon just attacked their village and oh, drove them from their fuck. homes and stole all their stuff. Because we do actually. <laughs> and we're going to take them all. All of it. We're going to take all of it. What a cool dude. Which, uh, quote unquote, ruined the relationship between the Micmacs no. and the Dutch. And the next time a Dutch ship showed up in that area, the Micmac just immediately attacked it. I bet. And the Dutch people were like, what is this? What are you doing? I bet. Um, so no, then it wasn't us. That was some other guy. <laughs> Hudson left Nova Scotia and they sailed further down. He found like Chesapeake Bay. Uh, and then they reached this estuary on the river that was initially called the North River. And this had been discovered by Verrazano. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he never sailed up it because this was one of the waterways that he was like, maybe Northwest Passage. Mm. Uh, also, he disappeared. <laughs> so now it's not called the Northwest Pass or the North River. It's called uh, the Hudson River. Because mm. Hudson sailed up it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he reached basically what is like present day Albany, New York. Mm. And then he turned around and went back to Europe where the Dutch East India Company was probably like, where the fuck did you just take our ship? Where, <laughs> where have you been? been? We're looking at you on the GPS and we don't know where you are right now. It's just like bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> so in 1610, Hudson received the backing of both the Virginia Company and the British East India Company to sail north and discover the Northwest Passage, specifically the Northwest Passage. Um, he he reached Iceland on May 11th and sailed past the tip of Greenland on June 4th. And then he sailed over the top of Quebec through what is now called the Hudson Strait and down into what is now the Hudson Bay. Hmm. So, and he so was smaller. like, he like sailed out into the open ocean. He was like, oh my God, I found the Northwest Passage. And he was so excited that he spent months extensively mapping out the entire thing so that he could bring it back and be like, guys, this is the Northwest Passage and I have mm-hmm. the best maps and now we'll just sail through it forever and ever and ever. And then it got winter and they're boat got frozen and they couldn't get out of the ice Mm -hmm. so uh they ended up staying there until the spring of 1611 and then the ice finally melted and hudson was like this is great now let's keep sailing and find the northwest passage and the route to china and his crew was like absolutely not we're all going back home now we've just spent months with you in ice on a ship no bathrooms we're not coming (laughs) further only poop (laughs) Uh, quote, the mutineers set Hudson and his teenage son and seven crewmen, men who were either sick or infirm or loyal to Hudson, adrift from the Discovery, that was the name of their boat, um, into a small, like, open boat, like a rowboat, mm-hmm. effectively marooning them in the Hudson Bay. Um, and they basically said uh, that Hudson and the guys on the little rowboat tried to, like, row after the Discovery and were like, come on, guys, just let us back <laughs> on, let us back on. Like, yeah, it's fine. We'll all go back to England. We'll discover the route to China. Come on. Uh, and then, uh, quote, eventually the mutineers uh, grew tired of the David Goliath pursuit, unfurled additional sails aboard the Discovery, enabling the larger vessel to leave the tiny open boat behind. Hudson and the other seven aboard the shallop were never seen again. Wow. <laughs> so, Yeesh. again... More people gone, missing at sea. <laughs> but he's got a river and a bay. And a strait. And a strait. <laughs> wow. And now a company. Because uh, the next guy who tried to find the Northwest Passage was James Knight. And he started working for the Hudson Bay Company in 1676. And for anyone that's not Canadian, because I know it's drilled into our heads as yeah. Canadians, the Hudson Bay Company is a fur trading company yeah. established HBC. by the 
H- yeah, the HBC, established by the British in Canada to compete with the French fur traders. Mm. So, just in case. Gotta get those pelts. Uh, mm-hmm. So he started as a carpenter, <laughs> uh, but climbed up and the ranks. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> he became the chief factor at a Hudson Bay trading post in 1697, and by 1711, he was on the board of directors for the HBC. Wow. Uh, so around 1714, Knight decided that he was going to look for the Northwest Passage. He, quote, outfitted two ships, the Albany and the Discovery, uh, captained by George Burley. Oh, so the Discovery made it back. <laughs> and David Vaughn, respectively. And they set out to find the Northwest Passage in 1719. And wonder... they never returned. Oh, geez. I was going to say, I wonder what their story was for, like, them coming back without Hudson on board. He's just gone. He liked, he liked his But day. then he still, they obviously, like, gave him something. They... they still named it after him. Yeah. Right? I like mean, he discovered it. Yeah. Uh, I think they ba- probably just went back. nobody on that back. ship had to come back and be like, we found these things. You know what I, I mean? I think they, they, there was a confession to, like, mutineers and stuff like that. And I think there is an element of people that are probably, like, coerced into becoming, like, I, there's obviously, like, the leaders and then mm. the, the people that guys. are just like, well, I don't want to die. Yeah. So I'll just pull on the sail and yeah. get back home. <laughs> I have seen Muppet Treasure Island. Yes. Yeah. I'm well versed. So in 1767, Samuel <laughs> Hearn, a British explorer, fur trader, and another HBC employee, was sailing around Hudson Bay when he came across Marble Island, which is located in, like, the northwest kind of corner. Like, the Hudson Bay is kind of, like, shaped like a heart. Kind mm-hmm. of. It's like up. It looks like a heart with an arrow through it. It does. It's really cute. Uh, it's like up <laughs> at the top and like it's part of Nunavut. It's like a little island off mm. of Nunavut. And uh, he found what remained of Knight's expedition. So it's believed that they might have got shipwrecked and then they ended up on Marble Island where they tried to kind of live but all eventually died of scurvy or Coconuts? starvation or both. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Coconuts Can't don't grow around the here. Oh. Um, and both the shipwrecks were fi- found in um, 1992. Spoilers. They sent divers oh. down to the bay and they found the remains of the ships. Gross. Oh. Gross. Uh, so what part of that is gross? Shipwrecks. Oh. Our next exciting explorer <laughs> to find the like Northwest the Passage was, is John Franklin, born on April 16th, 1786 in Lincolnshire, England. He's oh. the nine, nine out of 12 kids. His father's name is Willingham Franklin, which is fun. Uh, he was a merchant descended from a line of country gentlemen. Oh. So Franklin's father wanted him to either become a businessman or join the church, be like a clergyman. But Franklin was interested in a life at sea, and nothing was going to keep him away from his dream, dream job. So he convinced his dad to let him, quote, go on a trial voyage on a merchant ship. He was just 12 years old. This is exactly um, like Moana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, the trial must have I'm gone kidding. well because Willingham then secured a post for his, like a job for his son as a Royal Navy, or yeah, he got him a Royal Navy appointment on the HMS Polyphemus mm-hmm. in 1800, which means that Franklin was 14 years old. And Jeez. now he's part of the Royal Navy. He really liked the ocean. Well, life expectancy like, is short. Yeah. You might as well just do what you want. It's like when you're like in high school and you do like a career project. I'm like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a mariner. (laughs) Mariner. Uh, So Franklin. Like the baseball team? Yes. (laughs) The Mariners? Yeah. Yeah. I was just kidding. Okay. It's like, you know what that means. Yeah. 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 Uh, Franklin had a. uh, (laughs) Franklin had a crazy career at sea. He was in the Battle of Copenhagen. He was part of an expedition to Australia. Uh, Then he was in the Battle of Trafalgar. That was in 1805. And then he was sent off to America to fight in the War of 1812. 
Oh, wow. In 1819, he led the uh, copper mine expedition to chart the north coast of Canada. This was not a good expedition. Half his men died from starvation, and the survivors were forced to eat, uh, it said lynchen, which is like a type of algae Mm -hmm. moss thing, which, lichen, not great to eat. No. The picture looked disgusting. Um, And there were rumors that they may have cannibalized one guy. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, Franklin gained uh, <laughs> Franklin gained the nickname the man who ate his boots because he ate his boots while on this expedition. <laughs> Creativity was not uh, invented you yet. You put your feet in your boots. <laughs> but he lived. One guy. <laughs> uh, he got married in 1823, had a daughter, became a widow in 1825. And then instead of, I guess, looking for his daughter, I mean, grieving is weird. He went back to Canada <laughs> to explore the Northwest Territories where he reportedly saw people playing hockey. What? What? I'm going to process these emotions <laughs> on the ocean. Uh, he married again in 1828. Was <laughs> knighted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was knighted in 1829. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was following oh, you. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he got married Emotion again in 1828. Was knighted in 1829. Became lieutenant governor of Van Diemen's Land in 1845. That's Australia, or, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And then in 1845, the 59-year-old Franklin was chosen to lead an expedition to find the Northwest Passage. Bye, Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> you had a hell of a run. <laughs> the expedition was uh, to consist of two ships, HMS Herberus and the HMS Terror. The Herberus was a 378-ton ship, and the Terror was 331 tons. Um, they were sturdy built and outfitted with recent inventions. Steam engines were fitted to drive the single, uh, drive a single screw in each vessel. So I guess they were like, they didn't have, they didn't have to do sails and stuff like that mm. anymore. I think this is also the first expedition where they brought canned food with mm-hmm. them. That was a Ooh. new, a new technology. And a new. Alphagettis? A new, uh. <laughs> Wait, poison yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a new disease to make it, yes. make it the worst. <laughs> They set sail from yeah. uh, Greenhithe on the morning of uh, May 19th, 1845, the crew, uh, with a crew of 24 officers and 110 men. I think five guys ended up getting fired at some point between that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the expedition was last seen by Europeans in late July 1845 when Captain Dannett of the a whaler ship, Princess of Wales, Dannett. great name, uh, and Captain Robert Martin. It's a whaler ship, and the name of the ship is the Princess of Wales. But I just like the levels <laughs> that that really works great. on. Um, and another whaler ship called the Enterprise. Uh, they encountered the Terror and the Herberus in Baffin Bay, um, and it looked like they were in like good sailing condition. No one, there was nothing alarming about them. Yeah. So over the next 150 years, other expeditions, explorers, scientists, and interview. And interviews uh, from Native Inuit people would help piece together what happened to Franklin and his men in the winter of from 1845 to 1846 on Beachy Island, which is where they kind of became stranded. Their ships got stuck mm-hmm. in the ice, clearly. It's um, so it's believed that they traveled down uh, Peel Sound through the summer of 1846 and then became trapped in the ice off King William Island in September 1846. Uh, according to a note dated... Uh, the 25th of April, 1848, um, left by the two other guys that were, so there was Franklin and then like the two guys that were like just underneath him, mm-hmm. uh, James Fitz, James Fitzjames and Francis Crozier. <laughs> dumb. Uh, <laughs> dumb, dumb name. It suits him. Fra- uh, Franklin died on June 11th, 1847. <laughs> 
you don't know him. Sorry. Uh, Franklin died on June 11th, 1847. <laughs> it's like a sentence. Uh, and... <laughs> The remaining crew, eventually, they were like, they like realized like we cannot get through this ice and we cannot like we can't sail. So they ended up leaving their boats um, and uh, trying to walk back to civilization. Um, So it says, in addition to Franklin, eight other officers and 15 men had also died at the time that the ships were abandoned. So then the rest of the crew started walking, um, basically trying to find civilization but they ended up they must have like just starved to death or died in the ice yeah. they were hundreds of miles from the nearest western civilization so they were like really really far out there so um and like a weird side note when i was a kid there there's a bit where they like stopped and some crew died and they like buried them so there's like a little kind of area you can go to where there's like a cemetery mm-hmm. yeah. that's like their men and i feel like some of them might were like mummified in the snow but when i was in grade six we had a boat uh, a boat we had a book about the franklin expedition and there was a picture of one of the like the mummified crew oh, no, I and i would like that. obsessively stare oh, at yeah, this book yeah. Me too. it was like the weirdest like i was just like oh my god we've already talked about this yeah. we were weird creepy we were children really weird creepy children you just said that when we were talking before where the guy was like kids shouldn't be here i'm like we're not we're not we're not children <laughs> We, we look like kids, <laughs> but we're not kids. Um, on September 14th, 2007, the European Space Agency stated that the ice lost that year had opened up historically impassable passages, setting a new low of ice cover as seen in satellite measurements, which went back to 1978. According to the Arctic Climate Impact Assessment, the later part of the 20th century and the start of the 21st century had seen marking shrinkage of ice coverage. The extreme loss in 2007 rendered the passage fully navigatable. This is the start of Transformers, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I thought it sounded familiar. <laughs> and on April 24, 2018, the, the fic- a fictionalized account of uh, Franklin's expedition aired on AMC, which is the terror which you can watch. Oh. It's a very fun show. Oh, okay. That's um, why it's, it's It's scary, right? Like, it's like oh a... Oh, my God. It's so good. It kind of like... It's thriller. Sort of, it, yeah. It supposes that, like they get trapped in the ice and then it has like a supernatural element oh. to it that has to do with like the Inuit people. And Oh, it's so good. It's good. Who wrote, um, who wrote it? It's based on a book. Oh, okay. it is by, um, sounds kind of Stephen Kingy. It's not why I asked, but it's good. It was filmed in Steveston. Hmm. Uh, my sources for this, apart from various Wikipedia pages for pretty much everyone I mentioned is, um, the Canadian Museum of History, which is, uh, it's a French website, but translated into English, Musée de l'Histoire.ca, um, which has like a really, really good article on uh, Frobisher and the Inuit. Um, and then also environmentandsociety.org, which has an entire timeline of people setting out to find the Northwest Passage and goes into like the discovery of California. And then they thought California was an island. And then they thought, and like all the maps and everything mm-hmm. are from there. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Lots of people died because yeah. they didn't know what the world looked like. Well, they disappeared. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're living. They, maybe they lived out their lives with some. Maybe it's like the road they were never seen again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where they're like they're still there. Yeah, everyone disappeared, and then they like are like, oh, there's this indigenous tribe, and a bunch of people have blonde hair and blue eyes. I wonder what. I wonder what happened. There. I wonder what happened there. Hmm. 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 James Fitzjames. <laughs> that's what i'm taking away from this <laughs> yeah um yeah crazy weird absolutely crazy it's uh kind of take some things for granted you know 
Yeah. Like spices. <laughs> yeah. Porcelain. Like how important those things were at one point that yeah. like just so many people, like 270 people were sent home. 19 think, people came back. Yeah. It's also, I didn't go into it, but also like. For um, fucking tea. Yeah. The idea of like claiming <laughs> land was also a I huge mean, thing. Some pretty great tea. <laughs> for you to just forget about your fucking cup of tea on the desk for the 500th time. <laughs> Um, but now like what? I said, <laughs> like I said before, uh, Spain and Portugal were like super into the, basically the way the world kind of worked was like the Pope, like early on in the 1400s, the Pope was like, Spain and Portugal owns this half of the ocean. Like everything around South America belongs to Spain and Portugal. And they had also established lots of colonies around like the South end of mm-hmm. yeah. Africa and stuff like that. So the British, if they wanted to sail and trade, they couldn't go down there. Like that was like part of like the naval battles with Spain and all in the privateering mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like that's where that started from. And so that that's why like a lot of it is British people is they're like, we can't the entire like southern hemisphere we can't sail through. So we can't get anywhere. And Britain had like a huge fleet, so they're like desperately like yeah. it's like control of the ocean, right? Yeah. We need to find a route over there because they've figured it out. Like at that point by the franklin expedition spain is like sailing around south america and up or sailing around africa and up so yeah Mm -hmm. interesting and they can't sail around russia because also uh (laughs) henry hudson (laughs) (laughs) discovering um albany and stuff like that for the dutch east india company is like that's because um new york used to be new amsterdam yeah and that's like the roots of that is he and there, there's a theory behind it that the reason he, when he was in the health man, why he ended up actually like, he was like, I'm going to find the Northwest Passage. But then he went south. It was because he was like, wait, I'm on a Dutch ship. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. discover something else. And then I'll go back to England and be like, yo, I discovered all this stuff for Amsterdam. You want to give me some money? And, and I'll then go I'll find something the Northwest good. Passage. But could you imagine if he had discovered like the New Albany for, for England? England instead so weird like just those little things that yeah. end up forming at least north america like it's it, yeah still today like it's just such an impact yeah. how like just one other turn or going north yeah. instead of south it's could also change things interesting so entirely. how like or if england had discovered south america or had been the ones to sail around through the magellan pass and get to california yeah if england was in california first like it's just such a weird like yeah it's interesting yeah it's also interesting how Britain ended up with both like New Amsterdam and changing it to New York and also Canada. <laughs> like they were like they set up like the Virginia Company had Virginia mm-hmm. and then the Dutch were there and then the French were there and then England was eventually like both of you fuck off. This is all ours now. <laughs> Get out of Pretty here. <laughs> we win. <laughs> that was good, Al. Yeah. Was, yeah. It took me forever to write. I hope I it bet. ended up being fine. <laughs> There was so much I stuff. Bet. That's a lot. And of if you if you want to go on the environment and society org and look at the timeline, there's so many more explorers that I just left out. I just yeah. kind of focused on the ones that either had exciting things like Frobisher finding the Inuits of those five guys just going away, <laughs> uh, or the people that died. Um, there was lots of people that sailed out there and went, no, nope, there's nothing, and then had to go home. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I have a curfew, so <laughs> 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 I was downtown last night completely off topic but these three fucking annoying kids walked past us they had to have been like 14 or whatever and they were just being so loud and so mouthy and they walked past us and i was like so what you got a curfew or what's going on the kid just like shot me this look but i was just like fuck off like (laughs) this is adult world (laughs) shut your little mouths anyway that was great thank you 
Well, so much on, crazy uh, shit. Instagram will put up the maps. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There. They're pretty crazy. Okay, uh, if you send me the link for that one that moves, yeah. I can make it so we can put it on Instagram. <laughs> Sounds good. The one that moves. The one that moves. A the GIF and or a GIF. GIF. <laughs> Jiffy. Jiffy Pop. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Odd Sisters podcast on Instagram. <laughs> Odd Sisters on Twitter. Yep. Give us some stars. <laughs> Please. Or Marcy will cry. Stars. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.